Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I'm Craig Hoffman. I appreciate you listening. Uh, would love you to listen as often as, as you like. Uh, to make that easy, all you got to do is subscribe, uh, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you're listening right now. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, give, us a, give us a like. You know, if you like it or or just fake it, do it for us uh, and then subscribe, uh, whether it's on 106.7 The Fans page, on my page at Craig Hoffman uh, or on Odyssey Sports. Uh, you can find whether it's clips or the entire episode of the entire podcast in all of those places. So, Logan, uh, offensively for New York, you want to talk about variance? Man, when their offense gets cooking, it looks incredible. Daniel Jones, you're like, wow, is he good? Saquon gets out there, he's shaking people. Darius mm-hmm. Slayton makes some of the best catches you'll see in the NFL. Uh, you know, Richie James is quick. Like they, they get cooking, and you're like, wow, this offense is potent. And then you look up, and they haven't scored in five drives. And it just doesn't like watching them feels very different than the results ultimately are. What? Why does that happen? What is it that they cannot do to, to ultimately produce points on any kind of consistent basis? Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because they do. Yeah, they are very streaky. So let's just start with like my my core thought about this offense is that they are they're, they're, they're kind of similar to Washington is that their offensive line is not a great pass blocking group and they are doing everything in their power to insulate them from that from having to pass protect and so what you'll see is they have they rely heavily on the run game and they do they are um what's the offensive coordinator's name his name is mike kafka kafka does a really good job of kind of being game plan specific in terms of their approach like against jacksonville where they play like this heavy heavy run front they bring in extra nose guards and all this stuff they were in 11 personnel like 85 percent of the time and then against seattle they were in a lot of like 13 and 12 and the type of plays you run out of that personnel changes pretty dramatically. So obviously he is doing his homework about what stuff works versus which team. Right. So to that point, I think it's interesting because like, um, I think they do run outside zone. They don't run it super great. They don't run it like Atlanta does it, but I, you might see some more outside zone this week. You might see some toss crack stuff because that is stuff that's hurt this team in the past. And he seems to go through the archive and say these runs have hurt them. And that's the other thing about this team is they have a lot of variation in terms of their run game. They run gap scheme. 
which is like a, you know, double teams and pullers. They run duo, which we've talked about. They run tight zone. They run wide zone. They run pin pull stuff, which again, a lot of teams kind of have one thing that they're pretty good at Atlanta outside zone. And then they dabble with pin pull. Right. But to see, and then, then they run RPOs, they run zone reads. So there's a lot of play volume in. And I mentioned how at the line of scrimmage, Daniel Jones is like calling and checking. One of the things about having high play volume is it gives you lots of answers but you are also less effective at running those plays. So when you watch those plays, it's very, it can be very messy looking, right? Guys not fitting double teams correctly. Guys not targeting the right person. Free runners in the hole because you're not speaking to what that guy or what that position does well. Right. Frankly, that's what Washington was doing earlier in the year. Like they yes. were running way too much stuff. And we right. talked about this extensively on Wednesday's podcast. And we talked about it in our chat with John Bates yesterday, like yeah. how narrowing down the run game for Washington actually helped them be better at the thing that they were doing because they were doing it more often. They are, you know, they owned their, their stuff, <laughs> you know, right. they own their offense as opposed to feeling like they're just throwing a bunch of darts at the wall. Right. And so to compound that, you know, then they have to insulate the offensive line and pass protecting situations. So they run a lot of play pass. They run a lot of keeper. They run all of this stuff all to avoid them getting into third and non-manageable situations, third, seven, third, and eight, because they really can't pass pro. So when they're in those situations, expect screen, expect draw, right? Because they don't, they know that they're not good in that area, right? So to me, the variance you see is that they don't own certain aspects of their offense, right? So like, like one mental mistake is going to be huge. The next element is physically at the skill position players. Obviously we mentioned Slayton, but like their second round pick, uh, what's his name? Waddle, Waggle? No, that's not his name. Uh, um, Wandale Robinson you're talking about? There you go, Wandale Robinson. Out. Wow, yeah. I was not even close. Yeah, Wandale Robinson, who's a good football <laughs> player, has been out. Uh, Slay, who was their number number one receiver when the season started, is out with an ACL. Everyone remembers him turning uh, it on the che turf. Shepard, you mean? Shepard, thank you. Yeah, Jeez. yeah. And then Collins, who was like their number three guy, tore his Achilles in training camp, right? All of these guys are out. Their tight ends are kind of a, uh, the land of mismatched toys outside of the starter, Daniel Bellinger, right? They've got like, I got converted quarterbacks. They've got all these different types. So w when the scheme wins, when the scheme wins the play, it looks crisp. Boom, balls out. Excellent. Aaron, uh, Daniel Jones, nice big arm. He's got a scrappiness and a competitiveness to his game, which is fun to watch, right? There's people all around. The offensive line loses quick. He's taking huge shots. He's running. He's getting smoked by linebackers. He is fighting for his life almost every single play, it feels life like. And he is, you mentioned this earlier this season, like he steals first downs for him all the time. So that's yeah. a big reason the offense is successful. But when the scheme doesn't win, they don't have the horses outside of Slayton to win consistently, right? So there's times where you're, the play passes up and everything is matched and he's just standing there. I mean, even the freaking check down is matched and it's just like, all right, I guess I got to run around back here and like try to dive forward and get smoked by this linebacker, right? And so that to me is are the, are the variables. There's a lot of volume in the offense. There's a lot of penalties that they take kind of surprisingly on first and second down in terms of false starts. They have a couple holds, right? Which again, puts them back. But it's like the grittiness of the group, right? It's like Daniel Jones just like, it feels like he's just willing them forward and it's never super pretty. It's never super clean. They kind of just slug and claw and scratch until they find a big play, right? If you look at the Green Bay game, uh, Saquon Barkley busts, busts off like a 75-yard run. The Dallas game, uh, Daniel Jones throws a dime to Slayton, right? Jacksonville, dime to Slayton on a go, right? It's not like a nuanced yep. route where you just like go ball, right? Or it's the playoffs and packs comes across, dude's open right in the middle of the field. 
huge play, right? So yep. against Houston, that happens. So that's kind of what happens is they kind of just slug it out. They're just like the, the drunk dude at the bar who's just throwing haymakers until something lands. And you're like, okay, they're in a good spot now and we're in trouble. Yeah, that's the thing though. They will land some. They like, will. And part of that is a volume thing. Like <laughs> yeah. they will just like the drunk guy at the bar is so perfect yeah. because that guy doesn't know he's getting hit. That guy doesn't know it's not, it's not working. He's just out there way laying, you know, they're not even, they're not high quality shots. No, no, uh, no technician is looking at him and be like, man, that guy knows how to box. No, he's just, he's just out there trying to make contact and, yeah. and the giants will, despite no matter how many times it doesn't work, despite how many times they might get sacked you know, whatever they will continue to push the ball down the field vertically. Yeah. And that is something that stands out like, you know, stands out like a sore thumb, stands out tremendously when you watch them. You're like, wow, they really push the ball down the field. Yeah. It's also hilarious watching the plays in between because, yeah, they have, you know, their, their running game, whatever. Um, some read options are like, okay, that's pretty nice. And then you have Daniel Jones will just miss wildly on some very simple throws. Um, if he could make layups, like he'd be a really good quarterback. He he just is not very good at making layups. But, man, he's got a cannon. And he will lace balls into tight windows. He will try stuff on back shoulders, especially with Slayton. Like, they will try to get the ball into Richie James' hands quickly and kind of let him turn into a punt returner on the go. Like, they, they will do a lot of stuff to try to generate big plays. And I think this is actually a really gigantic credit to Brian Dable. I know, you know, saying like, oh, yeah, they've got kind of a haphazard throw everything at the wall offense is not exactly the the best compliment for for a coach because you'd like be like oh no they have a distinct identity and they do this he knows they're talent deficient this is year yeah. one for him he's right. trying he's trying to kind of throw a wild amount of variance into the game when you're the better side variance is bad when you're good you want to just be able to play the game straight right. up and let the fact that you're good lead you to victory over the team that you're better than and the right. giants from a talent standpoint are not that good and so what Dable has done is found a way to maximize what he's got by adding a ton of variance to the game. And frankly, it's worked. Like they're seven yeah. and five. Hilariously, both Washington and New York are negative point differential on the year, despite being playoff teams. At this point, it's pretty close. Washington's got it down to minus three. They obviously had a couple of big losses early in the year, which absolutely killed that statistic for them. But the Giants are minus seven on the year. And so, yeah, sometimes they're going to get their butts kicked and it's going to be pretty substantial. Uh, and other times uh, they'll it'll work and they'll put up 30 points with a bunch of guys that doesn't seem possible to score 30 points in the NFL with. And that's the yeah. exact opposite, by the way, of what Washington's doing, where Washington is like, yeah, we know our defense is great, so we're right. just going to ride that. And if we can shorten the game and then have a little bit of variance you know, towards the end, we feel like we can stop you, or if Heineke's got to cook in the final two minutes, he can get the job done. It's right. two very different approaches, um, but it's but because similar, the talent. But, similar but rosters, they, yeah, yeah, but they they they're not that different. It's just I think yeah. I think the biggest different difference, obviously, is Washington's defense is it's excellent. Good. New York's defense is not, and because yeah. of that, they'd rather get in the shootout where Washington would like to have a little bit of variance in a low-scoring game. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's a really that's awesome analysis. You know, I, I love you. I love how you describe Daniel Jones. Like he, there's times where you're like, man, this guy is like, I he's would love awesome. Him, I would love him to be down here in Washington, right? Yeah. And then the next drive happens, and then then he'll miss something. You're like, why did you do that? Like that's a easy easy. Like that other thing you did was way harder, right? Right. And um, and so the other thing I will say is that like they they know again offensively they're deficient, and so they do have like a wrinkle each week that is kind of like this is our thing. 
you know, versus the Jacksonville, they run a ton of RPO versus um, the uh, the Cowboys, for example, they run a ton of keeper stuff, right? So I think that's, again, speaking to the variance, they try to just keep you a little off kilter until they can get one of these big plays that, that, that puts them in position for a score, right? They run wildcat. I mean, they do all sorts of craziness, right? They're trying to get touches for Saquon Barkley in space. They're trying to do so. Like it's just there's a lot of offensive volume in, and I think again, like there's two ways to go with it, right? One is like let's see if we can find a hole, like by throwing a lot of stuff at them, and then the other way is Washington, where it's like, hey, we we kind of know what we are. We know our defense is good. Let's lean into that as much as we can and speak to elevating skill sets. Um, so yeah, I think I think that that is kind of where they're at. And again, the one thing, the kind of X factor for me, you know, everyone talks about Saquon, everyone talks about Slayton. I think Saquon, it'll be interesting to see how he plays because as of today, I don't know if we know whether their offensive line is going to be healthy. They've been really banged up. I think Evan Neal might be back. I think um, their center might be back. So and their right guard might be back. So obviously that would be huge for them. I don't know. We won't know that until later in the week probably. But right. If they're back, Saquon plays better with those guys in, but he hasn't been playing well recently because the offensive line's been so banged up. So the, the the variable that I think is so interesting in this is Daniel Jones because you said this early in the season, and when you watch him, it becomes so apparent why he's so important. It's third and 11. Nobody's open. He gets hit. He spins off a tackle. He falls forward for an 11-yard gain. It's not like a pretty, like, oh, let me just run out of bounds. It's like I'm getting hit. I get hit by the linebacker. I turn around. I spin down, and it's a first down. And they, he keeps them in games off of little stuff like that. There was a play against um, Baltimore, for example, where he uh, he's running. There's nobody. Everybody's covered. He shakes the defensive end. He falls forward for a four-yard gain. It's second and six instead of a loss of whatever, right? And it's not like Lamar Jackson back there, but he is the guy that has been able, through just kind of sheer force of will, to just keep them on schedule in certain situations. So he makes mistakes, like you said, but he also is the guy that's like like gutting out, getting shot in the chest by a middle linebacker who the offensive line didn't block to complete a slant route for a first down. You know what I mean? Like his toughness and his grit, are the thing it's propelling this team forward and um he deserves a lot of credit for where they're at he deserves a lot of he's like it's weird he's like a fireman who starts fires and then puts them out himself like it's really <laughs> the, weird uh, the thing. arsonist fireman yeah the arsonist fireman but he I, I have a lot of respect for that physical kind of will to win that he seems to be showing almost every single play for them yeah he is a guy who's also had some monster games against washington in his career um and he's actually performed pretty well against the nfc east in general um like you look at you know the numbers against philly the numbers against dallas the numbers against washington they're actually not that different in terms of like yardage and things he's got nine touchdowns to three picks in his his nine career games against or sorry, his five career games against Washington. So we're talking nine touchdowns in, in five games. There's something about this team that he has played really well. And as you mentioned off the top of the show, like Meadowlands have kind of been a house of horrors for this team. Mm -hmm. um, so weird stuff tends to happen. But you look at the statistics even just this year, um, they're middle of the pack in third down conversions offensively, which doesn't make any sense based on right. anything else we've said. Like they get in bad down and distances all the time. Um, they're, you know, throwing balls downfield, low percentage completions. And so all of a sudden it's second and 10, they've run it. It's third and nine. And then lo and behold, Jones is the guy who bails him out uh, sometimes with his arm, but often with his legs. And I think that is obviously 
something to monitor in this one is is what kind of damage does he do with his legs? And then just does he have another day? Like, does he have these days that right. he seemed to always have against Washington where he plays way out over his skis uh, and is able to control it? The, the last thing I want to ask you, though, real quick, we touched about this uh, on this a little bit on Wednesday. Uh, and I know Ron was asked about it, and he said ultimately it was a good thing what happened against Mariota on Sunday. But the zone read element and quarterback mm. run is something that it, they they will major in. Um, and you wonder if that's like after watching the Atlanta yeah. tape, their, their game plan quirk, if you will. You said they always kind of pick something. Um, how do you think Washington can handle this version of the zone read compared to what they did against Atlanta where Mariota had a really, really good day on the ground? Yeah, well, I think, you know, when you look at, so I've heard say, oh, like Daniel Jones runs his own read better than Marcus Mariota or whatever. I couldn't agree, disagree with that more. Like Mariota is very good at it. He He's very good at the fake. He's very good at pulling it. He's very good at reading it. And people think, oh, it's just his own read. You got to read it, right? But I've been with teams where we've tried to install that and the quarterback just, it, they don't have a feel for it, right? It just doesn't yeah. work for them. So Mariota is that way. Daniel Jones is good at it, but I think Mariota is better. And I think what I would say is if I was if I was Jack and if I was Washington, I would really look at the Dallas game because, again, that's a very good defensive front. I'd look how they attack that group. I'd look at um, also their solution versus, gosh, I forget the team. They had another kind of interesting game plan solution. It was really centered around the keeper game, right? So I love that you bring up the zone rethink because I think they'll do that more than they have shown recently. It's not like it's, it's – so, let me just put that in context. The Giants run it probably – four times a game, right? Maybe five times. And it's usually in the red zone or th third short situations. And they're like, we need to kind of get a, get a, a play here. Right. So that's kind of when they use it. I think it'll be more in the field to your point. Also the keeper stuff has been big for them, even when they're not playing good defensive fronts. So to me, the solution there is just play it the way you played. James played at the last play of the game, run mm -hmm. right at the quarterback, run right at him every single play, because if you can kill their keeper game, that's like 10% of their offense. And if they're running it, you know, if they're running the zone read, or they're planning on running it 10 more plays, you're killing essentially almost half of their offense, 33% of their offense, just killing those 10, those 20 plays. So that would be my thing is like have a plan for him leaving the pocket and when he's trying to read the defensive end and just negate it. If that's their solution, don't like screw it basically. If they want to go RPO, obviously that becomes a little bit more problematic. But I do think you have played RPO relatively well because you ran it a lot in training camp and your defense is pretty familiar with it. So I think if you can kind of manage whatever that wrinkle is, whether it's the zone read, whether it's the keeper, RPO, let's say they run a little bit more outside zone. I think I don't – like I said this at the top. Because like outside zone, everyone says, oh, look at Atlanta. That would be a great game plan wrinkle for, for New York. No one's going to run it like Atlanta runs it. Like right. I just I, – like it's – I hate to break it to people like who think this was like the doom and gloom. Like – New York is good at running the football. They're not Atlanta. Yeah, so nobody's I think, Atlanta except for San yeah. Francisco. So we can have that discussion on Christmas Eve. <laughs> right. And I, so I think John and Payne are going to wreck that shop. You know what I mean? I think even um, John Ridgeway, who had a tough time against Atlanta, is going to beat this center up. So I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think it's more in line with what you're thinking. Quarterback run, quarterback keeper. What's the play action pass pack? That kind of stuff is what you need to account for. Because like you said, they can find big plays off of these kind of weird wrinkly things. And it's not like trick plays. It's just they have a deep offensive bag. So what's going to be on docket for this week?
Yeah, Washington's speed is very helpful here. Um, the fact yes. that they play a lot of smaller bodies uh, that can play bigger. Um, yeah. you know, they play Cam Curl in the box a ton. Jamin is obviously incredibly fast. Um, you know, if they can use some of that team speed to maybe even overcome a mental mistake, just run around it. Um, that yeah. obviously is very helpful having all those guys on the field. The other thing, though, um, you know, obviously it's not as big of a deal as if you're playing a team with a ton of threats at wide receiver. But St. Juice, you know, as far as mm. we know, could be out for a couple of weeks here. Um, you know, hopefully he's back for the next Giants game. This buy coming at a good time for him. Um, but some of the the tight man coverage that you might play against a, an RPO game where, mm. you know, yep. hey, we're pulling it. We got to make sure we have, we're on top of the slant. We're on top of this. And a lot of players are going to be flowing towards the run. It puts a lot on the DBs. Um, not having St. Just is obviously not ideal. Um, so we'll see what Christian Holmes can do. We'll see what Danny Johnson can do. Uh, Rashad Wild Goose and obviously Kendall Fuller uh, being in that number one spot while St. Just is out. Craig, you ate your Wheaties today or something, man, because that is like your fourth excellent football point in a row. Let's go. So I will see. Yeah, that that becomes interesting in terms of more globally, right? Because you do you do want to play a little bit more man versus RPO because it it helps in terms of making sure you have enough bodies to stop the run. And then you say, how does Kendall Fuller match up with Slayton? And he does not match up with Slayton well. That's like his kryptonite, right? He doesn't like to play super fast wide receivers and Slayton is kind of that super fast wide receiver body type. And, you know, Benjamin St. Juice has shown an ability to handle that. But of those guys you mentioned, who is the guy you say, oh, we want to match up in this. And maybe you feel like you don't need to against this team. Maybe you feel like you can just bend but don't break and bleed them out and they're going to make a mistake and you're going to be able to capitalize on it. But that is an interesting dynamic for sure. And you say, well, Forrest has done a good job. Maybe you can insulate some of that. Who knows? But that's something if you're a fan, just keep an eye on that. Like what's their solution for a guy who's maybe not a top receiver, but he has a, a trait that can be very damaging um, in terms of, uh, you know, the Giants scoring points. Yeah. And especially if they want to hit some of those big plays and, you know, Kendall can't run with them down the field. That becomes uh, right. becomes reminiscent of what happened earlier in the year, frankly, <laughs> uh, where Kendall got a lot of balls caught in his head. even know, he's been great as of late. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 